The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. Good morning, Long Island. Welcome to GDI on Autism on 103.9 FM, keeping an eye on autism and giving a voice to its Long Island community. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Romas, and again, so glad that you can join us this morning as we share and explore all relevant issues related to autism spectrum disorder. Uh, today's show features returning guest and frequent DDI on autism contributor, uh, Sandra Gumroff. Sandra has enjoyed a distinguished legal career that spans 30 years with an expertise in the special needs sector. She defines herself as an attorney, an advocate, and most importantly, the parent of a developmentally disabled, learning disabled, and medically involved young adult. Sandra has been recognized countless times for her community service and achievements, and was even nominated by the town of Oyster Bay as Woman of the Year. Welcome back, Sandy. Hi, thank you. It's a pleasure to be back and to see you. Oh, it's so good to have you back on the show. And, you know, as, as often as the case, there's an awful lot going on and some really important uh, new, new news <laughs> for you to share with us. And I'm thinking in this moment about what has been called the Medicaid redesign. We had an opportunity to talk about that a little bit, but I think I, I need to know much more. And I'm, I'm certain our listeners will want to know more uh, as, as well. So what is it? What is the Medicaid, Medicaid redesign? So as your listeners and you may recall, several years ago, Governor Cuomo put together a Medicaid redesign team to come up with cuts to Medicaid. To, um, and that was several years ago. And in March, he appointed a Medicaid redesign team, they call it MRT2, to recommend savings of at least two and a half billion in Medicaid. Where can the state save? Because we knew even before the pandemic really hit us, um, it was clear that New York was having financial difficulties. Um, So they made their recommendations a week before the budget deadline. And most of those recommendations were adopted in the New York state budget. There was not a lot of time for comment Um, The bill passed. Most of us as advocates did not have a chance to look at or see. We heard about it and I heard about the changes that we're going to be discussing after the um, Medicaid, after the budget passed. Now, what's happened is the budget has implemented a 30-month, quote-unquote, look back for community Medicaid. Here in New York, it used to be that you could transfer all your assets to somebody today and make an application for community Medicaid, Medicaid in your home Mm -hmm. as opposed to nursing home, tomorrow. And there was no examination of any transfers you did. Now, as most people know, there are income and resource asset limitations on for people to get on Medicaid. Medicaid is supposed to be for poor people. Um, however, the kinds of things that, Ameri- that New Yorkers use Medicaid for, and frankly, all across the country, is nursing home, of course, mm-hmm. um, but also community Medicaid, getting services in your home. It is 
right now, people who receive services under OPWDD are subject to this look back period. There has been some discussion that the Department of Health may not apply, may not apply the look back to people who receive services under OPWDD. But as of this moment, that is not the case. And I have advised my clients that we cannot wait because the transfer, this new rule about look, look back, which I'll explain in a moment, um, goes into effect October 1st. So any transfers that you need to make for someone to qualify for Medicaid need to be accomplished prior to September because the Medicaid application has to be filed prior to October 1st. And if you have more than $15,000 in resources, resources means assets, bank accounts, and brokerage accounts, et cetera. If you have more than 15000 in your name, you cannot qualify for Medicaid, and Medicaid will not even process the application. Sandy, so, to, make, to, make this, uh, to make the change that you described uh, earlier where this might not be effective for, for some people, and hopefully that would be the case, is there any lobbying efforts that should be occurring? I mean, what, what would happen? What would need to happen in order to change the course of this? So we do need to lobby. We need to lobby the Department of Health and our state legislatures and our governor to say people with developmental disabilities should not be subject to the 30-month look back. Let me explain how it works so you understand. The way it works is the look back is based on one point in time, and that point in time is when you make your Medicaid application. So you make your Medicaid application today, and Medicaid will ask for all of your financial records going back 30 months. Right. Okay. Um, And they ask for everything, and they ask questions. And if you have made any transfers for less than fair market value, so you gave your daughter $10,000, okay, as a gift. Mm Mm-hmm. That will be a a problem because that $10,000 will convert to a penalty period. Right. So the reason that I really wanted to talk about this today is that I have clients who have money in their kids' names. Mm -hmm. You know, our our kids are born. We think they're going to be fine. We don't know at the point of birth. And so mom and dad set up a 529 plan, for example. Or... That's actually a bad example. They set up a bank account to put money away in that child's name. And I have a client who has $135,000 in his name. That $135,000 will not allow him to apply for Medicaid. Mm -hmm. So we need to take that money and move it into a supplemental needs trust so that, he, that the money doesn't exist for government benefit purposes and he can qualify for Medicaid. And we can talk a little more about it. It's a little complicated. I was just gonna say that, Sandy. I think it's, it's, very, it, it's a lot complicated. And I think for listeners who might be hearing this for, for the first time, um, they may need a lot of guidance uh, around how to do this. And in addition to reaching out to advocates, who, like yourself, who could take them through the process, 
Are there any on online resources that they could be looking at to at least get a preliminary understanding of what's involved? Um, they can look at my website. I've got some information there. You can look at, um, I would look at the Department of Health. Mm -hmm. They have some things up there. Um, the New York State Bar Association has some things up on their, on their um, platform. The thing is, it's very, you'll see a lot about this with respect to the elderly mm. or people who live right. in the community. Right. There is not a lot out there being discussed, which is what concerns me, about people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. um, so my concern is I have a client with this $135,000. He ages out of school. If the money has not been moved and he hasn't applied for Medicaid prior to October 1st, he is going to have 30 months where he cannot access benefits because there's no way to privately pay for OPWDD services. You mentioned the possible penalty uh, around this. What, what is the penalty? So here's how it works. I, the Medicaid looks back 30 months and they find that you gave a gift that you can't account for. You gave away $10,000. $10,000 is roughly one month's worth of services. Right. So they will make you wait that one month. You have to be eligible. Once you've been deemed to be eligible, they'll say, oh, you gave away some money. $10,000, that means we're not going to pay and you can't access services for a month. Sure, sure. That's that is, a problem. That, you know, I was just going to say that's a, that's a, that's a real, that's a real, a, a real problem. And for someone with $135,000, we could be looking at 10 months. Wow. wow. So that, that adds up very, very quickly. Huge problem. It's, oh, it's huge. It's a huge swipe. And, and people don't know and understand you know, we always tell people, no money in your kid's name. No money in your kid's name. And, um, you know, they won't be eligible or they'll lose their benefits. And this, we need to do things now. No Keep question, Sam. That, that's why I'm so grateful and delighted to have you on the show in this moment. We're, we're moving to a break. When we come back, I want to continue this issue about the implications of this. And also, I think it's no accident that this converges at the time in which we're promoting self-directed services, which are in the home. So stay with us. We'll come right back to this critical topic. <laughs> 